Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back, or welcome if you're new here to my podcast, Reading and Weeping. My name is Julia, and I am your host, and in this podcast, we talk about all things books, all things reading related, so I am so glad that you are here with me today, because this episode is going to be a good one. Today, I wanted to talk about a genre that has been very, very popular kind of forever, and that is the romance novel. Now, these can be very hit or miss. I have read some great ones, and I've read some bad ones, Um, but I haven't really found a lot that have kind of been in between. To me, there's a really fine line when it comes to a good romance novel and a bad one. So let's just dive right in. When I think of the romance novel as a concept, my mind immediately goes to Nicholas Sparks's The Notebook, right? Like this melodramatic love confession in the rain. You never wrote me. I wrote you every day for a year. And there's this passionate kiss and it was filled with so much suspense and vulnerability and emotions and it gives you hope and it makes you feel triumph and... Those are things that you can only get in a romance novel. And I probably know what you're thinking, which is, hey, like romance novels aren't the only novels that can make you feel like that, you know, that can give you hope and make you feel triumphant. And I agree with you. But I think the allure of the romance novel is that something like this could happen to you. You know what I mean? Because falling in love is a very human experience. People do it every single day. It's this idea that the perfect person could just stumble into your life and fall in love with you and tell you how perfect you are despite your flaws. And maybe you are somebody who is in love with someone and it reminds you of that relationship. It reminds you that that's a reality for you because romance novels in modern day times are based on just ordinary people like you and me. I would argue that you can't really get that type of unique satisfaction in like a murder mystery novel for example like yeah they kill the bad guy at the end and they find out who it is and they save the city and whatever but I'm not gonna be on the Orient Express anytime soon you know what I mean that's just not plausible it's it's not plausible in real life and I love going into a novel and suspending disbelief and really escaping and immersing myself into the story. But I would say that a romance novel makes it easier for you to do that and to envision it because it's just based in real everyday life. I will say, though, the pitfall of the romance novel and kind of why I didn't really want to read them in the start of my journey with reading is because they're predictable right? Like, you know what's going to happen in the end. When you hear a romance novel, you know that they're going to end up together, right? In some way or another, they're going to end up together. You already know the ending before you even pick up the book. But the way that I learned to approach it was kind of the opposite of how I approached pretty much every other genre. And that was to read for the journey, not read for the ending. When you're reading a mystery novel, you're going through the journey to see what happens at the end. With the romance novel, it's completely the opposite. You want to find out how they get there, how they get to the ending. 
So once I started approaching it that way and thinking about it with that mindset, I became a lot more receptive to romance novels because not every story is about just getting from point A to point B. You know, you get to learn about the characters and about their relationships and their thought processes and that's what makes it fun. And also the setting as well. Like what are the circumstances that these people are put in and how does it help or hinder them in getting to where they're ultimately going to be? It's all of that in the meat of the story that keeps you reading about this incredibly common human experience. It makes something that's not quite unique, unique. So to sum that up, basically the characters, their relationships, and the setting all play a huge part in what will make or break a romance novel. And when even one of those things suffers, it can totally ruin the story. And a great example of that is the book that I mentioned in my first episode, which is Ugly Love, because the characters and their relationships are poorly developed in this story. We start out with Tate and Miles, and they are basically enemies to lovers, right? So they hate each other in the, right in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, in like the first 15 pages, they kiss for the first time out of literally nowhere. And then they start this friends with benefits relationship that honestly becomes really stagnant and annoyingly cyclical throughout the story. Like they have sex, he hurts her, she forgives him. They have sex, he hurts her, she forgives him. And that goes on probably about 10 times throughout the story. And it never really gets resolved at all until the very end where he finally tells her like why he's so quote unquote damaged. I hate using that word. Um, But by that point, you're kind of like, okay, what happened to you was really sad, but also at the same time, it didn't give you an excuse to be this mean to this girl who didn't do anything to you. So at that point, you're not rooting for the characters because they were given so many opportunities to make things right and they blew it every single time. And because the story is told mostly from Tate's perspective, we never really get to see how Miles feels about her. We only know through the experiences that she's having with him. His perspective in the book is a flashback from like six years earlier detailing all his trauma. So you don't even really know if he genuinely cares about her until like maybe the last five pages before the epilogue. And then it cuts to the epilogue and it's a year later and they're married and they have a baby. And you're like, wait, wait, how like how did you guys even resolve this? How did you fix this? How did you get past everything that you just went through in this book because you went through a lot and neither of you seem to care and now it's all just sunshine and rainbows like it's not romantic because they didn't develop their relationship in an adequate way it was just terrible thing after terrible thing after terrible thing and then hooray happily ever after it's like wait you guys are terrible for each other and we're not gonna acknowledge it It's not ugly love, it is toxic love, and I will scream it from the rooftops a million times over. So that is my example of bad writing for a romance novel and how 
The story can really suffer when the characters and their relationships aren't developed. So let's get into a good example of what is, in my opinion, a good romance novel. And that is People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Now, I first heard of Emily Henry on Twitter, actually. She was trending because she had announced that she's going to release her next book, which is called Happy Place, I think. And it's coming out in April of 2023. And I had never seen an author trend on Twitter, let alone for good reason. People were like, Emily Henry's coming back. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I was like, okay, like, who is she? I feel like I need to read her books or at least one of them to start out with. And People We Meet on Vacation was the one that I decided to start out with because the synopsis really intrigued me. So I'm going to read it to you now. Two best friends, 10 summer trips, one last chance to fall in love. Poppy and Alex, Alex and Poppy, they have nothing in common. She's a wild child, he wears khakis. She has insatiable wanderlust. He prefers to stay home with a book. And somehow, ever since the fateful car share home from college many years ago, they are the very best of friends. For most of the year, they live far apart. She's in New York City, and he's in their small hometown. But every summer for a decade, they have taken one glorious week of vacation together. Until two years ago, when they ruined everything. They haven't spoken since. Poppy has everything she should want, but she's stuck in a rut. When someone asks when was the last time she was truly happy, she knows without a doubt that it was on that ill-fated final trip with Alex. And so she decides to convince her best friend to take one more vacation together, lay everything on the table, make it all right. Miraculously, he agrees. Now she has a week to fix everything. If only she can get around the one big truth that has always stood quietly in the middle of their seemingly perfect relationship. What could possibly go wrong? Now, to me, this synopsis hits one of the three things that I was talking about that make a good romance, and that is the setting. It's an interesting setting. Two friends who travel the world together on all of these vacations and kind of build their relationship through travel in that way. I thought that was very interesting and very fun to um, explore. And I also think it's cute how that ties in the title, People We Meet on Vacation, which is a very vague title. And Emily Henry has a lot of titles like that. Like one of her books is called Beach Read. The other is called Book Lovers. Like it's kind of vague, but it does tie in to the story in a really fun way, which I absolutely loved. So at this point, All I could really do was try this book out. I didn't know if I was going to like it or not, but it hooked me within the first couple of pages because of how quickly and how clearly Emily Henry defines these characters and their relationship to each other. So the book basically opens up on the last night of the last vacation that Poppy and Alex took together like five years prior to present day and Poppy talks about how free she feels on vacation and how she's going to go up and flirt with this guy but the guy is actually just Alex her best friend and she's kind of just fake flirting with him to try and get him back in the dating scene so this is an excerpt from page four do you come here often he studies me for a minute visibly weighing potential replies No, he says finally, I don't live here. Oh, I say, but before I can get out any more, he goes on. 
And even if I did, I have a cat with a lot of medical needs that require specialized care. Makes it hard to get out. I frown at just about every part of that sentence. I'm so sorry I recover. It must be awful dealing with all that while also coping with a death. His brow crinkles. A death? I wave a hand in a tight circle, gesturing to his getup. Aren't you in town for a funeral? His mouth presses tight. I am not. Then what brings you to town? A friend. His eyes drop to his phone. Lives here, I guess. Dragged me, he corrects, for vacation. He says this last word with some disdain. I roll my eyes. No way, away from your cat with no good excuse except for enjoyment and merrymaking? Are you sure this person can really be called a friend? Less sure every second, he says without looking up. Okay, so the reason I think that excerpt really establishes their characters and their relationship really well is because you can really see Poppy's playfulness and how she's willing to sort of just be kind of goofy and have fun. Whereas Alex is pretty much the opposite. He'd much rather be at home with his cat and he's just playing on his phone in the bar. Like he's very different and you can only, you can really tell that the only reason that he is there is because of Poppy because they are truly best friends. And you can also tell through the dialogue just how strong their friendship is you know, with like the way they're cracking jokes at each other and how they're just honest and comfortable with each other, you can see that they do truly have a strong friendship. And you know that throughout the book, you're going to be able to see how they got to that point and how they continue to grow from there. And that makes it very interesting and very engaging as well. I will say as well, um, throughout this book, I didn't really think that these two characters were going to get together in the end because it is all from Poppy's perspective. And the way that she talks about him, she's like, Alex is my best friend. Alex is my best friend. She doesn't really um, speak with any jealousy towards the girls that he dates. Um, And she doesn't really talk about how Alex like looks at the guys that she dates you know like it's sort of like a when Harry met Sally situation but you don't ever really feel like they're both jealous of each other's partners you know you really do just feel like they are just very happy for each other and the relationships that they have with these other people throughout the book they're not like just random manufactured relationships with like people that suck a lot of the people that they have relationships with they're genuinely in love with and they have real connections with. It's not like a placeholder until the two of them actually get together. So it was really nice seeing them just be happy that each other was happy. You know, they they liked rooting each other on throughout the book, no matter what it was that they were going through. And I thought that that was really, really sweet and the complete opposite of toxic, which we really love to see. It makes you root for the characters. It makes you root for them because they do have such a strong friendship and they do care about each other in a much deeper way than just like a sexual attraction. You know, it gives them a lot of depth, which is really, really refreshing. Something else that I wanted to touch on 
is the fact that there is a lot of comedy in this book. I would consider it a romantic comedy rather than just like a plain romance novel. But I would still consider it a romance novel because of, you know, the beginning and the ending and everything in between. But it's just the writing style that is lighthearted and how they're like put in these awkward situations that end up just being hilarious. And I think it really just adds to their dynamic and and how they operate together. And it ends up being such an integral part of the book that I don't think I would have liked it as much if it didn't have the comedic element, which surprises me because I normally don't like that in books. Like, you know, when you like read a text from somebody that's supposed to be a joke and it's like not funny or it kind of goes over your head because you need to like hear it out loud because the delivery is like another half of it. That's how I normally feel about reading jokes in books. But these aren't like jokes. It's just the comedic like style of writing and like the tone that it creates um, just makes it really fun and makes it exciting. And it just makes you want to turn the page. Now, let's talk about how this setting truly does impact this book, because the idea of them going on a vacation every summer It can seem to me it sounded like really glamorous at first, like they go on all of these vacations where they jet set around the world and that's how they fall in love with each other. But I think that each location that they travel to is a reflection of where they are in their lives as individuals and where they are in their relationship. So for example... One year they go to Tuscany and they each go with their respective partners and they all go together and it's this like double date trip thing and they all get along with each other and it's this really happy thing even though they're not together and they're both in love with other people. Um, Whereas in present day when they're in Palm Springs and they're both trying to repair their relationship and there's a lot of obstacles to doing that... um, the location presents its own obstacles as well. It's like 110 degrees in the middle of the desert and they rent this crappy Airbnb where the air conditioning breaks and they try to go to like a museum, but it's closed and they just have all of these obstacles, just like obstacles that they have in their relationships. So it's not always this super glamorous, super fun like travel book. That's not really how I would describe it. I would say that this setting is symbolic for the benchmark of where they are in their relationship at that time and how they're going to continue to evolve. So let's talk about Alex Nilsson, who is the love interest of this story. And he is honestly such a king. He cares about Poppy so much, but he also doesn't ever give a hint about how he feels about her. You would have no idea reading this from Poppy's perspective that he ever felt that way about her. She's asking him throughout the whole book. She's like, do you remember when we did this that one summer in New Orleans? And he's like, uh, no, not really. She's like, oh, and she's all sad, you know? But then once they finally confess their feelings for each other, he's like, yeah, Poppy, I've been in love with you for like over 10 years. And Of course, I remember every single thing we did together. How could I forget Um, these vacations like are the only thing that I ever looked forward to? You're literally my everything. 
And you never would have known that. You never would have known that throughout the book. You kind of also didn't really know how Poppy felt either. She would say through like little glimpses throughout the book saying like, oh, like at this point, like I thought he was like really cute or I thought I might be able to fall in love with him or like little things. But she's not constantly like, oh my gosh, when he turned to look my way, it was like my world just shifted. And it was never like that. She never talked about him in that way. So we as the reader didn't really know that she had such strong feelings for Alex. We knew that she had she loved him as a friend and that he was literally her best friend, but we didn't know that she felt so strongly about him in that way. So when they both confess their feelings to each other and you just learn how all of this stuff like did affect them, how we would all think they would affect them, like after everything that they've been through together, you would think that these two people are in love with each other. You know, um, but they never really gave a hint that they felt that way until they finally just let all their guards down. So when it comes to the romance aspect of this book, it completely exceeds your expectations. And I think it's brilliant the way that Emily Henry did that. She sort of played this like little mind trick on all of us. But it's the best mind trick ever because the payoff is so so satisfying. So that is a very brief review of People We Meet on Vacation. Um, I hope you go out and read it. I know I gave away the ending, but we all know how all romance novels end. Okay, well, maybe not all romance novels, but most romance novels end with them being together. But like I said earlier, don't read it for the ending, read it for the journey. So I tried not to spoil as much of the journey as possible because... It is a really cute story and it's really fun to see these characters evolve and navigate love. It's it's a really beautiful thing. I'm hoping to review a couple more Emily Henry books on this podcast once I read them. Um, book Lovers and Beach Read, obviously. And then when her new book comes out, I will be very excited to read that one as well. Um, and a couple of other romance novels since I am you know, a lot more receptive to that genre nowadays. Um, there's one that I wanted to read by Casey, Casey McQuiston, I think. Oh, Red, White and Royal Blue. I've seen that book all over the internet, all over Goodreads. I really want to read that one. So I'm very excited to do that. Um, but I do just kind of want to stress before we go, like, how hard I think it is to write a romance novel. And I really do commend authors who do that. Um, because it can be hard to get creative with it, but it does really give you the opportunity as a writer to just kind of show off what it is that you can do. Because there are a lot of books as well that are other genres that have a romance element in them, but aren't strictly romance. So to be able to create a story and keeping romance as like the main plot line rather as rather than like a subplot is very impressive when it is done correctly so I really commend Emily Henry on this and I'm very excited to read more of her books and more romances by different authors as well I have been seeing a lot that I am very excited to read and review on here so yeah, that concludes this episode. I really appreciate you listening. 
Um, and I hope you tune in next week. We are going to be doing another full length book review, but I'm not going to reveal which one it is. And yeah, that's probably going to be the episode that closes out 2022. Yeah, it's going to close out 2022. And then I have some really exciting things coming for 2023. So I really appreciate you listening and I appreciate everybody who has listen to this entire episode and the past couple episodes as well. I cannot thank you enough and I really do hope that you are enjoying. Um, So yeah, I will see you next week. Bye.